Hey there everybody, welcome to another episode of Strewn Along the Path. Today I'm going to play you the uh, audio from the panel that I did at New Media Expo. And the, the topic of the panel was choosing content for your podcast. And I had Dave Thompson there of Podcastle and Big and Rish from the Dune Steve as the panelists. And we just talked about the type of content that we show and, and different things that we've experienced as podcasters of fiction content or of content in general and so it was a lot of fun and i'm grateful to be able to play it to you i'm sorry about the sound the sound it wasn't the best in the room and so sometimes it's a little quieter than i want but i wasn't able to raise the volume up too much without too much other background noise one of the microphones every once in a while starts to kind of get a high-pitched noise to it I tried to limit that as much as I could, but anyway, I, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll get, hopefully you'll get something out of it, and uh, enjoy. Well, thank you for, for that, Renee. Or, and um, yeah, this, this is about choosing the content for your show. And it is about, it's, we're going to talk about specific examples of, of fiction podcasts, um, but it, I tried to make this general enough where you could apply this to any other kind of a podcast. The examples that we're going to use are all around fiction, uh, but definitely if, if you had a, a sports interview type contest or, or something like, or podcast, you could definitely incorporate a lot of the things that, that we're going to talk about here into that as well. Um, and so what kind of content do we, we want to show? You know, content is kind of one of those words like materials. You know, in the, in the film business, you hear a lot about, well, we've got the materials and we need to produce that into a movie. Well, content is kind of that general sense of, of what kind of content are you going to provide to your audience in your podcast? And so um, there's, there's lots of different things to consider in that. And so I guess the, uh, we already introduced our panelists here, but uh, we have uh, Dave Thompson, who is the co-editor and uh, host of Podcastle, and we have Big Anklevich and Rich Outfield from the Dune Steve Audio Fiction Magazine, and they, they've had a, a lot of experience as well. Um, so this is basically what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about establishing your brand. Because if you're going to choose content, you're going to want to have kind of a brand that, that people can say, oh, that is from, from the Journey Into podcast, or that is Podcastle. I, I realize that is a, a Podcastle thing or a Doonstief uh, um, story. Um, so to do that, you need to know what you want. You need to be willing to follow the rabbit, and we'll get into that a little bit. And... Uh, there might be a difference between what you consume and what you want to produce in your podcast. And we're going to talk about listening to your audience. And maybe, and at the end, if we have time, we'll talk a little bit about avoiding burning out or pod fading a little bit. Um, so that's kind of the general outline of what we're going to talk about. But first of all, what is your brand? What are you going to present to your audience? And how are they going to recognize that as coming from your podcast? This is just kind of a, a agglomeration of different podcasts, different fiction podcasts out there with different content. 
and you can see they all have different themes and whatnot. Um, you know, Podcastle, the, the fantasy podcast. We have Escape Pod, which is a, a science fiction podcast. Pseudopod. Uh, I found a, this a Western Weekly. So you can, right away, you're going to know what kind of story, what kind of content is going to be in there. Um, the uh, Romance Fiction Podcast. Um, the Drabblecast is, is a podcast, and they have, their uh, byline there is um, you know, strange stories by strange authors for strange listeners. And so right away, you, you kind of get a feel for what kind of a story or what content you're going to get out of that podcast. Um, Protecting Project Pulp, Crime City Central, now these are all different types of content, but what it, what is the brand that um, that you would like to present? I guess I want to ask Dave and then uh, Big and Rish, what kind of considerations did they think about? I mean, you kind of inherited the... Uh, yeah, so I kind of inherited Podcastle um, a couple of years after it had been running. And I think when people think of fantasy fiction, a lot of times they think of Lord of the Rings, maybe Harry Potter... And what we wanted to do at PodCastle was stretch people's ideas about what fantasy fiction is as far as possible um, and, and do stuff from um, not just that, that traditional kind of medieval world that a lot of people are thinking of, but from different kinds of cultures, different kinds of worlds, um, not, not always be about swords and, wand, and wands, but about um, people and... Um, just one of the things we're going we're gonna to talk about is following the rabbit, but following the characters and understanding um, why they make decisions and hopefully make people's lives a little bit better by listening to them. We came about after Escape Pod had, had come out. Escape Pod was the first, I think, uh, the, the granddaddy of these where they were going to podcast stories. And when it first began... One week it would be horror, one week it would be science fiction, one week it would be fantasy. And I loved that. You never knew what you were going to get. And then eventually, when it got big enough, they split off into a horror-only sub-podcast. And then into a, a third one, which was fantasy. But I, I, I really missed how that was when it first began. And you didn't know what you were going to get. And so when we were planning ours, we said, okay, one week it will be horror. The next week, let's do a western. It's like, and maybe we'll fit a romance in there and that kind of thing. Basically just because we had so enjoyed that on Escape Pod. We didn't know what kind of style we would have until we started to take a step back and say, okay, we've done three stories where this happened at the end. We've done nine time travel stories. And we started to realize, well, it's just the things that we like. But uh, <coughs> hopefully someone could listen to an episode of ours and know that it's us even without hearing the introduction, just because of the kind of stories, the kind of atmosphere, and what we bring to our, our own show. Yeah, and another thing that, uh, that we, um, we, when we started out, we also wanted, we weren't sure that we wanted this, but we we're both film students, and so we brought kind of that mentality right into our thing, and so our stories all had a certain style, and it was something I don't think was very prevalent at the time. It's, it's a lot more common uh, now, what, six years later? When did we start? A while ago, anyways. It's become much more common, but the full cast thing, where we would make sure we had somebody performing 
the lines instead of just like a straight audiobook read we wanted it to be that kind it's a different kind of 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 a content i guess to it and beyond that also we would include much more of the two of us uh commenting about the, the story after we didn't just present a story then we had basically a whole show that went around it where we said oh yeah what did you think of this and you know we would talk about the show itself which i think is another uh thing that we were we rich especially is a big fan of those radio shows the morning radio shows where the two people are more sit around and talk and joke and have a good time and we wanted that kind of a feel uh, as well as one of the things that we went for yeah, so it's something that, that kind of set set them apart uh, from from other podcasts. Um, so when I started, when I was going to start the journey in, into podcasts, I had been a consumer of Escape Pod and Pseudopod and, and uh, the Doom Steep and and um, Drabblecast and several several other different podcasts that I listened to. And so, what did I want to do? How did I want to set my podcast apart? Well, I wanted a lot of the same things that they had. Um, and so I guess the, uh, the first thing that I wanted, I wanted fun. I wanted to present fun stories that, uh, you know, could, could entertain um, the audience. Um, and I, I did want variety. I, I didn't want to be stuck into to one type of thing. And so I wanted to present different types of stories. And, you know, going into it, I, I wasn't sure exactly what that was going to be. I had several stories picked out to start with. but. It, it does evolve. Um, I wanted to do new stories, new fiction, people, people that are writing right now. Um, I also wanted uh, to do classic fiction. I've always enjoyed, um, you know, classic literature and classic fiction, you know, Edgar Allan Poe and Charles Dickens and things like that. And I, I wanted to incorporate that into my podcast as well. Um, I also did want to, I had some experience um, producing stories for the Doonstief. And so I, I kind of enjoy doing that full cast production. So I wanted to include that in my podcast as well. Um, I also enjoy listening to old time radio shows. And so I wanted to pre present things like from X minus one or suspense or things, things from, from days gone by, I guess, that, that could entertain and have that sense of fun. And so how, how could I incorporate that all into one podcast? Um, and I also kind of wanted a comic book feel. As I thought about this, you know, I thought about all the different types of, of comic books that are out, out there. And so I, I thought of uh, comic books like Journey into Mystery um, and Adventure into Fear and things like that that kind of just evokes that sense of, of fun and adventure. And I, I kind of rallied my uh, flag around that. And that's how I came up with the Journey Into podcast with we could journey into horror one week or something else into another week and so and that might not be the same well that's not going to be the same kind of thing that you're going to want to do for your podcast you might be um, wanting to do something else and so the whole con the whole concept around that is coming up with your own brand what is your brand what are you going to present um, how how are people going to know what your podcast is going to be about um, so as you as you start to do your podcast, you're going to have other ideas. You're going to say, well, what if I did this? Or you're going to hear something and say, you know, I could incorporate that into my podcast. How, how could I do that? 
even though you've established your brand, go ahead and follow that rabbit. Um, you know, go, go down the rabbit hole, see, see what kind of things you come up with. It's really liberating as a content provider and as a, as a creator to, to do new and different things. And you, you kind of inspire yourself um, in, in coming up with other things that you can do instead of just uh, continuing to do the same things. The same things work. You don't want to get away from your core of, of what you set out to do, but you can also go out there. So you can, you can branch out and try new things and, and keep things fresh for yourself as well as for your audience. And I think, in my experience, the, the audience appreciates um, that and, and as well as some of the old reliable stuff. I guess what, what's been your guys' experience with branching out or trying new things? following the rabbit kind of thing. We failed a few times, but I think there's something to be said for that, for trying something that's hard, Try, for trying something and saying, boy, we're gonna look like idiots if we do this. Maybe we shouldn't do this and there, there will be no risk. But then even if you fail, you learned something or you grew or you said, okay, we won't do that from that point on. But you know what almost worked? And you focus on that and you improve and everybody grows and, and the, pro the podcast that you inherited is not the podcast you do now. No. You know, it has evolved and changed and sort of grown its other little arms and stuff has dropped off. And that's kind of amazing because we didn't plan for these things to happen, but just doing it again and again and again, we had certain things that we used to do every single show. And then one week we, we didn't do that and we never did it again. And so, in the long run, you see that it's become a totally new organism. Uh, Dave, what, what have you found at PodCastle? Well, generally, like, generally at PodCastle, we do, these guys do full cast audio productions, and we do one reader audio productions. And something that we wanted to do for our anniversary, I think after listening to Dune Steve and Drabblecast so much, and hearing how much fun that was, we decided to do a full cast, huge audio production for our 200th episode. And um, it was a hell of a lot of work, but it was so much fun. We we pulled in all the um, all the people who helped behind the scenes at Podcastle and asked some people who have read for us a bunch, and um, it it was it was so much fun. Um, we got a huge response to it. Um, the author whose story we ran that week was was really pleased, and um, it's something that we keep talking about doing again, and probably will do again in the future. Even even though it was we we release stuff every week and we can't do that on a weekly basis, but we've talked about upping it to uh, a few times a year, which is something I'm pretty excited about. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your author spotlight. Oh, your... the spotlights too. We have um, we have a bunch of authors at Podcastle who have, who publish books through um, uh, you know traditional book publishers and. Um, we found that a lot of our listeners from, from escape artists um, maybe aren't following them as much as we would like them to. So we started um, pointing out when these people had a book that came out. Um, hey, Daniel Abraham, who's read, who's, we've read this story and this story and this story from, has a new book coming out. And you both read it and it's great. And we think, here's what we like about it. And hey, here's Daniel Abraham to, to come talk about it too. We've done that with, uh, with several of our authors and it's always been really fun too and and then my co-editor and I get on and, and talk about what we liked about the book kind of you know because we like the dude Steve so much and want to be like you guys 
Um, but that, that was actually a real inspiration for us. So, and it's been pretty successful as well. And that, and that was a different type of content than what PodCastle had usually produced or any of the escape art, you know, escape pod or pseudopod or PodCastle. Nobody had ever really done that before. And so that was kind of branching out. That was kind of following something that that uh, Dave and Anna wanted to do and thought was was important to the audience and to them. And so they, they branched out a little bit. And then every once in a while, they they have an interview segment with the uh, with the author, or they and they talk about the a book that's coming out and spotlight it. And so and I thought that was a, a good example. And um, you know I know um, you know Big and Rich oft, often do little little sketches. Or, or fake commercials or, or something for their podcasts. And that, you know, that, that's always fun. It's always, it's always something different. Um, one of the things that I did, I started to do, just because one time I, I was running a, an old-time radio show of, uh, now I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it was, a, it was an old-time radio show, which was basically a reality radio show. The, this guy would follow the police around, kind of like a cop's show, and... Uh, on the radio and explain what was going on with these different cases. So I ran that in an episode, and before that, I kind of pretended that I was changing channels or I was tuning into that frequency, and I came across the cops theme song, and I came across um, Hill Street Blues and some of these famous cop shows. And I, you know, as I was dialing into this old time radio show, and I enjoyed that so much that I started doing that every time I did an old time radio show. And now I have I dial in and, and I pull in different content um, as I'm dialing into the old time radio show, and that's a lot of fun for me, and it, it kind of spices up um, what I'm doing. And so, you know, that was kind of one of the rabbit holes that I followed down. And so, depending on what kind of a podcast you're doing, there might be something else that uh, that you would want to include that would help spice things up for you and your audience. Um, it also, you know, we've been doing this for for years and years and years and changing things up just adds, I don't know, it, it sometimes it adds the fun back into it all over again. At least that, that's my experience. Yeah. Uh, the next item here is kind of this versus what, what you consume versus what you could, what you produce. And this might just be something, I didn't talk to these guys about this, this topic, and it might be something that just applies to me. But what I noticed is I was putting out stories every month um, was that I, one of the first things I wanted was fun. Well, I noticed that I had run a, quite a few serious stories and thoughtful stories, and I thought about, wow, you know, that's really not what I, what I, and I, I loved those and I enjoyed it, um, and so it was a little bit different than what I was expecting, and um, you know, there's also different things that like uh, horror fiction. Um, there are horror stories that I might listen to and enjoy. But it's not something that I want to put on my podcast. It's not something I want to put my name on and, and say, this is the journey into podcast. But I, I would listen to it, but it's not what I want for my brand or for my, my podcast. And so it's different than what I, what I produce. And um, I don't know, have you guys found cases like that? Or do you pretty much run what well, you... Uh, because, we're, because we're focused on fantasy fiction, I mean, to some degree, it's pretty easy for me. I have a very broad definition of what fantasy fiction is, but I'll, I'll be more than happy to tune into a science fiction podcast or, or a horror podcast, something where even I would have a really hard time, you know, saying 
this is fantasy or something that's completely removed from genre altogether, um, like This American Life or Radio Lab or um, more more journalistic podcasts, I guess, or talk show podcasts and things like that. So yeah, definitely. How about you guys, Big? Um, for the most part, uh, what we look for when we're picking our content is just that the story is good. <clears throat> Not as much, I mean, when I pick something to consume, it tends to be something that's pretty genre-related. It'll be a sci-fi, a fantasy, a, a, a horror thing, something like that in general. There's been a few times, though, where we've gone a little astray from what we would normally do. And I think they still worked out. We've done, there was a time where we did romance stories. I mean, we, we had some came in, come in, and it's not normally what we were after, but we thought, you know what? This could, It's a good story, and it, maybe it's something we should give a shot to. And February was coming up, so we just kind of themed it into a Valentine's Day kind of month worth of stories. And it, I, I think it worked out all right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it can be different. Um, just depends. Yeah. <laughs> Our brand is kind of similar to what we consume already, though. So it. Uh, yeah, it would depend per podcast, and you'd have to make make that decision. You know what what you're trying to um, send out there in your podcast, what kind of a message or content that you want out there. So that was just something that, that I noticed as, as I have been um, producing my podcast. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was listening to your audience. Um, as you put out content, you're going to get people that listen eventually. <laughs> and uh, they, they will have input. And that input might help you decide what kind of stories you're going to run, or if there's a certain type of stories that people really like, you can make that a regular feature of your podcast. Um, not that you wouldn't go back and do other things, but you might be more in more inclined to run other kinds of, of content uh, for your story. But a great way to foster feedback from your audience is to have set up a forum that they can come and, and talk about the stories. And when you post a story or you post your next podcast episode, Put up a little um, post on there that they can reply to and talk about that episode of the podcast. Um, and then you get the benefit of, of hearing what, what they like and what they don't like. Uh, you, of course, this is probably a no-brainer, but you would want to set yourself up on Facebook and have, tell them what your email account is. Um, another great way to foster feedback and to foster uh, audience participation, listener participation in your podcast is to run contests and put those contests um, on your forum or just talk about it um, throughout the submission period or whatever. And uh, that, that can be a lot of fun. I know um, Escape Pod, that was how I got involved in the forums um, for Escape Pod, is they ran a, a writing contest and they set out the rules and said you could submit three stories of this length and then all the judging and all the reading of these stories is gonna be done on the uh, on the forums and so I participated in that Dave participated in that and that's kind of how I first met um, Dave is, is online through these forums um, but so you had this whole culture of people sharing stuff on the escape artist forums 
And then that led to um, just more audience participation, more people enjoying the podcast. And um, Steve Ely, who was the um, editor of the time of, of Escape Pod, um, was able to, to have the benefit of, of all that audience feedback and all, all that participation. Um, so that's definitely a, a way. Are there other ways that you guys can think of to foster feedback that have worked for you guys? Well, one of the things I really liked from, from back in the day when Escape Pod was doing it was having a feedback segment at the end of the show, um, which is, is something that we still, we still like to do with PodCastle. And um, it's, it's, it's fun to hear most of the time. It's fun to hear what people have to say about what you're producing and what they like about the stories. And sometimes it is very educational to find out what they don't like about the story that you ran that week, too. Um, it may not always be as fun, but it's, it's a good learning experience as well. Um, yeah, I, that's that. And our, our forum is, is somehow pretty active, which is, is a big blessing for us. Um, so it, it's... It, it's good that we're, we're able to have those interactions with the listeners on a pretty regular basis. I'm on our forum way more than I should be. I mean, hundreds, hundreds of hours. So, um, but I love it. Yeah. Rish, any, any way that you've found to uh, foster feedback or, or just interaction with your audience through, through forums or through other, other means? Well, when we first started this, we didn't think anyone would listen. We did it because we wanted to tell stories because we liked to get together, give us an excuse to get together every week that his wife couldn't complain about. And little by little, there started to be people that, that said, hey, we love what you did with that episode. Or when are you going to put another one out? Or it's been three weeks. What, what's happened with you guys? And that carried us through. I know you're about to talk about pod fading. But knowing that there are people listening out there that care whether you have a new episode or not has done just wonders for keeping the show alive and for getting us to get together because we feel like we have an obligation to those people who love us. It's so weird, you know, that, that there are people that care, that think that they know us because they hear our voice. You know how that is with... You watch Johnny Carson every night before going to bed for 20 years you feel like you know Johnny Carson. And that's how, how this works. There is a relationship, it's a one-sided relationship, but you feel like you know those people. And there are people that they, they know us even though they've never met us. And that's been awesome to, to discover that. I, I know you're gonna say something. But... Are you done? I I, I'll never do <laughs> that. Oh, okay. Uh, one thing I was gonna say as far as inviting participation, one thing, that uh, or listening to uh, fostering feedback fostering feedback <laughs> that we've done is invite our listeners to participate our show requires a lot of work to get done um, and so the more people that we can get doing the work the better it will be for us uh, who is in charge of it and so we have invited we say fairly often on our show hey if you're interested in being a producer of the show just send us an email and you know we'll see what we can do to get you set up to be uh and <clears throat> to be a producer and we've got, got tons of volunteers by way of that 
gotten people that volunteered to read our slush pile of stories for us. You know, basically, they were like, yeah, we'll take the drudgery out of this job for you. Please, let me do the drudgery. <clears throat> and it worked. You know, people were excited to, they were excited to help. They felt like they were more invested in the show because of it. And tons of the work was taken out of our hands, and we were able to continue at a much higher, uh, you know, much steadier pace than we would have without their help. And I think that's another thing that you can do to get feedback, I guess, from your audience. Definitely. Um, the next section on here I just have, and it's, it's really, it sounds like I'm, you know, established boundaries, like there's a, a danger there. Uh, but I guess you just don't, you, you do want to listen to your audience and you do want to give them what they want, but you don't want to be a, a, a slave to that. You don't want to pander necessarily to your audience. You do it is your podcast, and, and you don't want to lose your core and the thing that drove you to do it in the first place. But there's definitely room for doing what you want and, and um, you know, responding to what the audience likes without, you know, established boundaries sounds more severe, I think, than, than what, how I intended it to be. But I, the main thing I wanted to say there was, you know, don't, don't lose your drive trying to, to cater to every wish of, of your audience. Um, you appreciate it and you respect them, but you can't make that. You can't become what they always want you to be. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit here about gender and race considerations, and because, and again, this is where it might be more specific to a, a fiction type podcast, where um, you know we we present material written by authors, and we have narrators, and you know. Their main characters of those stories that can be from different genders, different races, and the authors can be there. And so, you know, I, I we definitely you definitely want to consider that. And you know, as I look back over my backlog of podcasts, you know, I, I do have a lot of male authors in my podcast, and and I I um, I need to you know find ways to to look, look at other venues and, and find ways to incorporate. More, more female authors, and not just as a quota to say, oh, hey, I put a female author on my podcast, but as a way to, to say, hey, I, I've noticed this is a problem, and I, and I need to make sure what I'm presenting is more representative of, of what's out there. And I know um, Dave and his co-editor um, take that as, as a pretty a big consideration in what they provide. Well, like what I was talking about at the beginning, we really want to push the boundaries of fantasy fiction as much as possible. And while we like some of the traditional fantasy, um, we love getting stuff from people who, we, we get submissions from authors all over the world. Um, and from authors who have very different, very different, uh, very diverse cultural backgrounds. And um, they, have, they have a very different perspective, a very different voice. And for me, it's, it's a breath of fresh air when you find something like that. It's distinct and it can tell an incredible, amazing story um, that, that's not something we've encountered before. Um, and there seems to be, we've, we've worked really hard to, um, to encourage people to, to submit to us who think that, they, that their story is, is maybe on the outside of what traditional fantasy is. Um, and and I think that we've been we've been relatively successful with it. Um, the hardest part about that for us is 
once we have a great story like that, then we have to match it with a reader who can give it, I mean, it, it doesn't sound so great if you have somebody like me reading a story uh, set in Japan. It would be it would be a lot better if we had a, a Japanese reader to read that story. And sometimes that's a little bit more difficult to come by. But when it works, it's so worth uh, the endeavor. We had a story years ago that took place in right after Hurricane Katrina. And we love that story, but um, we had to hold on to it for a really long time until we could find somebody who could read it and um, lend it a real authenticity that, that most of our readers could not, even though they're great readers. And we got a huge, huge feedback from that one. And uh, people loved listening to her read, and we've had her back several times, and it was just, just really, really worthwhile. But it's it's tough sometimes to be able to balance all that out. Have you guys ran into with the Dune Steve? Have you guys ran into that? Um. Um, we have on occasion. I think uh, it, there's been a few times where we've been inclined to not accept a particular story or submission just because it's outside of what we normally do. Um, and then we said, you know what, forget that, we're going to do it, and we did it. Um, and yeah, sometimes you also have to just watch for things. I know that uh, sometimes we've run a few stories that are, you know, some of our audience just, they listen to it and they're like, why did you run this story? This story is terrible, it's offensive, it's whatever, you know. And then, you know, we have to kind of rethink maybe, maybe that's not the kind of story that we want to have after all. And I'm sure this is something that you run into since you run old, like, you know, classic authors. I mean, we just read one for you that hasn't actually aired on your show yet. A classic Edgar Allan Poe story in which there's a character that is, uh, that's a slave. Uh, or he's not a slave, he's just a... He was manumitted. He's a manservant. He's a manservant at this point because it was after... But anyways, you know, he's talking in a particular way, very much... Almost like Tom Sawyer, you know, the, the way that book is written. He's got all of the stuff read that way. And, and you know, there's language that uh, was acceptable in those days that is no longer acceptable. And you have to figure out how to deal with something like that if you're going to run something like that. Do you leave it as is or do you edit it just a little bit so that it's not too bad? Or what do you do with it? You know, that's one of those things you run into with the whole race and gender considerations. And I, you know, I, it did take me a long time to decide to uh, to podcast that story, just because I didn't want to offend anybody um, with what was in there. Um, but I, I think um, with the minor editing, um, but also keeping um, the spirit of, of what was said and the style in which it was said, I think it'll come off okay. Um, but it's it's something that that I had to consider. Um, we're just about out of time, and I want to leave time for questions. So the last subject here was, how do you avoid burnout and or pod fading? And, you know, you do this, especially if you're doing full cast, or, you know, even if you're doing like an interview type podcast, eventually, you know, it gets tiring, and you you may get to the point where you're kind of burning out, or and you might, what they call pod fading, which is your podcast just kind of goes away and never never comes back or it's on a very long long hiatus and to avoid that because um, you know, there's been times when I'm like I just can't do this 
for the next couple months where I can't do that. But um, I, and so your your podcast just kind of kind of fades away. Um, but you you need to know what your limits are. If you're if you're at the level where you're you're starting to burn out and you don't really enjoy what you're doing anymore, it might be time to take take a short break or to do something else. Maybe provide maybe that follow the rabbit a little bit and provide a different type of content than you did before to kind of freshen that up for you again. You kind of need to, to gauge yourself and know where you're at. And then I think the most one of the most important things to do is to alert your audience. Say, get on get on your podcast and say, hey guys, I'm not going to be here for the next couple months, or I'm going to take the next two weeks off because several things have come up. And and most audiences are very uh, understanding of that kind of thing, uh, but if you don't let them know, then they're going to wonder where are you? What are you doing? Is this podcast going to come back? What, what's going on? And, and they might get concerned. But if you alert your audience, then you're you're probably able to keep them and not um, pod fade and, and to be able to, to keep it fresh for yourself as well as your audience. Um, that's that's pretty much the end. I guess did one more thing. If you guys had anything to add before we open it up for questions, but uh, any any last words? That, Avoiding pod fade, get get more help. Yeah. That's uh, that's the way we've avoided it. We would have faded long ago if it weren't for that. So if, yeah, if you're on the verge of that, that might be something to consider. Yeah. See if there's somebody who wants to volunteer or whatever. Yeah, it was a drudgery to have to read all of these submissions ourselves. <clears throat> when it was open and we just accept everything, uh, I, I didn't look forward to that at all. It was the hardest part of, of our job. And then we discovered there were people out there that wanted to do that. That's all they wanted to do. Oh, to be able to read all these stories for free? Yeah, where do I sign up? And once that was taken out of our hands, it was like a huge weight had been lifted and we were able to concentrate on the things that are fun. And then we started to get tired of that stuff too. But it's just been, <laughs> it's been nice to know that there, for every little thing that you don't want to do, there's somebody out there that may love doing that. And they feel important and they know that they're contributing to something that's a, that's, that's a great whole. That they can say, I, I did this, I accomplished this. That story that they just did on the show, I read that when it first came in and I gave it a thumbs up and it went on and on and on until finally it's out. And that's a, yeah. a way to involve the community and again, exactly. we didn't have to do all of it. Yeah, well, and, and I think that's one of the things Big was talking about earlier. It feels very one-sided at times when, when you know, these people are feeling like they, they know you so well and everything, but when you open it up to that and they're able to give back to the show and in a really meaningful way, like producing episodes or, or reading through the slush pile or whatever, um, it, you know, then then they they have a part of that show that they're they're helping out with, and it's 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 really fulfilling on so many levels, and it's fulfilling for you too because you're sharing it with somebody, and there's there's more excitement happening. I think. So definitely, well, definitely have people help you out. That's, and that's probably that's where I'm at. I probably need to, to get do more of that. Um, that that's what we have for you guys. Have any questions before we we end the session? All right. Well, thanks for coming and and uh, enjoy the rest of the conference.
strewn along the path is produced under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Feel free to share it, but do not change it or sell it. The theme music, as always, is brought to you by Man in Space. I've thought about that many a time, actually. Yeah. Well, you're always welcome to go back. It's time to sign this time. There was always a...